that we've been a part of and the breakouts that we taught. God's doing some big stuff in some people's lives. And um, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about all the stuff we've learned this weekend for our marriage. And I'm excited about hearing all the, all, applying all this wisdom we've heard from all these different couples. We have some great couples. Give it up for your breakout leaders who took their time this weekend. Man, that's awesome. I'm so thankful for people who took time out of their schedule. And everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody is busy, um, and life's just happening. And they took time to prepare and to bring you guys a good word in those breakouts. And we were just so, so thankful. Um, Bill and Vicki Sage shared something with me, and this is something that Bill wrote for Vicki. And I thought this was so cool, and it applies so much to what we've been talking about this weekend. But it's a poem he wrote, um, and it's for your anniversary, right? Uh, it says, The greatest gift that comes from above is the gift of someone special to love. Though I don't deserve it, and none of us do, the good Lord blessed me when he brought me you. The greatest gift is the way that you feel when you know that you found a love that's so real. When we're together and the world fades away, when a whole lifetime feels like a day. The greater gift, I believe that it's true, is the gift of love between me and you. And that is so cool. I thought that was the neatest thing. And they, they brought that. And then, way to go, Bill. Now, Bill has shown every guy in the room up. Now that Bill has one-upped us all, and I've written my wife a poem, but it was about half that length, and it didn't rhyme nearly as pretty, so yeah, roses are red, violets are blue, and stuff. So, yeah, sugar is sweet, and so are you. But no, that's awesome, and, and I think that's so cool. It's a great way, Bill, that's an example of Bill filling his wife's love tank, um, and, but it's really neat, and we've talked this weekend all about that person sitting next to you is a gift from God. That is a gift from God that he gave you for your lifetime. And you guys get to grow old together and walk through life together. And that is a gift. And that is something to be cherished. Amen? Well, listen, I'm going to cut to the chase. We're going to do our uh, general session three right now. And it's called Butterflies and Bees. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. You guys have all probably heard of Muhammad Ali and, you know, his whole, his whole thing was, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And he had this crazy combination of skills, um, you know, that he was, he was gifted in. He was fast, but he was smooth. He was powerful, but he was tactful. And, and just this whole range of skills that he had. And, and it made me start thinking about, you know, we got the whole boxing theme going on this weekend. And I thought about husbands and wives and how they work so well together. And how God has put us together in such a way that we are a, we're a deadly combo. You know, we are, me and my wife, we are a deadly combination for anything that the enemy might throw at us. But, but we make such a good team. And something that Bethany and I say to each other lies, we're on each other's team. And then uh, Lord came out with a song that stole our thunder. But like, yeah, we are, we're on each other's team. And, you know, it's cool when we accomplish something great together or something, we're able to be like, hey, babe, we're on each other's team. And we get to say that to each other. Or maybe when we're going through something that's about to be tough, we're like, hey, we're on each other's team. We've got each other's back. But we make a great combo. And you make a great combo with your spouse. And this butterflies and, and, and bees thing, you get the best of both worlds. And um, so often uh, we, can, we can get in a rut and we can kind of start fighting each other and fighting the giftings that God has placed within us. You know, sometimes we butt heads and we don't, our giftings don't work together, but rather we're competing. And instead of completing each other, we're competing with each other. And marriage is not about competing. It's about completing. Never, marriage was never meant to be a power struggle. It was meant to be a power union. 
And so it's so important. The first thing that you can jot down in your note sheet for tonight, uh, for session three, is I must do my part. Everybody say, I must do my part. You have to do your part. We've talked about it all weekend long, and I hope it's getting in your head. You've got to do your part. You are responsible for you. And those of you who have kids, you're teaching your kids all the time. The only person that can make decisions for you is you. You have to make your own decisions, especially as as big folk, we have to make our own decisions. You have to do your part. The moment I stopped worrying about my spouse doing and, and, and her doing her part, and I started focusing on me doing my part, is the moment that my marriage made a shift. That's the moment that we really got traction and were able to start running. Is when I focused on me doing what I was supposed to do and doing my part. And so I kind of want to split this up, and I want, I want to talk to the husbands for a minute first. Um, and so I want to graciously ask that there are no elbows in rib cages, wives, all right? I want you to be nice and loving and fill your husband's love tank right now. But we're going <clears> to <throat> we're gonna talk to the husbands for a minute. And the scripture I want to use, it's so funny, Randy used this scripture in the men's breakout. So guys, hopefully you were paying attention. If you weren't, you're going to get this scripture again. But it's 1 Peter 3, 7, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. And I want to remind you from this scripture, we see an example in God's word. Husbands, your wives are not beneath you. They're not less than us. When Peter refers to uh, the wife being weaker, He's referring to her physical strength, and her physical makeup is weaker than, than her husband. It's not referring to her intellect. It's not referring to her ability. It's not referring to her potential or her spiritual power. And before we can lay down our lives for our wives, we have to understand how much they are really worth. They are worth so much, and Peter is reminding us of that. They have extraordinary value. Women are not some secondary creation or an afterthought from God. Our wives are God answers for us. And God knew exactly what we needed to make a winning combination. And he created our, created our wives just for that. And the last part of that scripture, um, did you realize this is something that Randy reminded all the men of? Did you realize that the way that you treat and honor your wife literally plays into your prayer life? You know, if you find yourself praying and and beating, beating your head against the wall, and you don't feel like God's answering you. A great question to ask you is, am I honoring my wife as a husband? Another great question to ask is, am I carrying unforgiveness? And that's a whole different discussion for another day. But, you know, it, it has direct impact on our prayer lives. Are we honoring our wives? Ask yourself that question all the time. I also want to point out from this scripture, um, I don't, the way that the scripture is worded, it talks about leading, not dominating. And you guys have all been part of situations where either maybe you've done this or maybe you've been part of a team where the leader uh, leads by domination and by bullying instead of actually leading. But then you've had those leaders who lead by example and they lead by love and they lead by bleeding with you and working alongside you. And I want to ask you, how do you, how do you lead your wife? Do you, do you lead your wife by demands and by a dictatorship, do you, do you lead your wife by being domineering or forceful 
or do you lead by love and grace? There's a great book called Leading with Love, and it's a great book. It, it talks about how people are motivated to follow someone naturally when they know that they're loved. And I want to ask you, how are you leading your wife? As husbands, we are called to be the primary example of servant leadership in our households. And so how are we to lead? And my answer to that would be, well, I think we should lead like Jesus led. So check out this scripture. <coughs> Luke 22, 26 says, but among you it will be different. Those are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a what? A servant. That's how we're to lead our, life, our wives and our lives is to lead like a servant. Jesus didn't call us to be domineering. That's not the way that he led. Jesus led us through servanthood. <clears throat> I had this conversation um, with my father-in-law before we got married, and, and when I was reading uh, 1 Peter 3, 7, it made me think of this conversation. And um, basically, he, he, I met with him, and I was asking him if I could have Bethany's hand in marriage. <clears throat> and he, he looked at me, and he said, Zach, there is nobody I would rather marry my daughter than you. There's nobody I could think of that, that would be more perfect for her, and I would love for you to marry her. But I need you to know something. If you ever do anything to hurt her, I'm going to kill you. And I'm not just kidding. If you, if you ever do anything and you hurt her, I'm literally going to murder you, and they will never find your body, and no one will ever say a word. And I was like, okay, good talk. <laughs> and he was, he was joking, but he was not joking, you know, and I got it. And here's the thing that I'm thinking about is what he was saying there is, you know what, when you dishonor my daughter, you're dishonoring me, you're dishonoring our family. Can I tell you something that when we dishonor our wives, we dishonor their heavenly father. If I dishonor Bethany, I'm dishonoring the Lord. I'm dishonoring what he's taught me and what he's told me through his word I don't have the option to dishonor my wife and get away with it. I want you to remember, husband, something to remember. Your wife is God's daughter before she's anything. She's God's daughter before she's your wife. She's God's daughter before she's her, her own parent's daughter. Your heavenly father is commanding you to honor your wife because he loves her deeply. And so it's important that we love her the same way, amen? A great way that uh, we can, we can uh, kind of walk through this honoring thing and some practical tips on honoring your wife, and I'll just be honest, I totally stole these from Love and Respect because it's so great. It's great material, and I would encourage you to walk through that study. Um, but for husbands, to honor your wife, there's an acronym, and it's COUPLE. It's closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and esteem. So closeness, be close to her. We've talked about this this weekend. Your wife desires closeness for you. She desires you to be close to her and to honor her by valuing her. <coughs> Openness, open up to her. You know, something I wrote right here is use your dang words. <laughs> Openness. When, you're, when you get home, <coughs> goodness, I'm, I apologize. I'm struggling here with the cough, but open up to her. Use your words. When you get home and she's wanting to have a conversation, how was your day? Good. Well, how was work? Good. What'd you eat for lunch? Food. How, you know, open up and have a conversation with your wife. <clears throat> Understanding. Stop trying to fix things and just listen. 
talked about this in the Q&A big time last night. Your wife is not wanting you to fix everything all the time. Peacemaking. She wants you to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you guys were here yesterday for our opening session, you saw the video where the guy totally screwed up uh, at saying sorry. I'm sorry you said some things to me that you shouldn't have said. You know, <clears throat> That's the wrong way to apologize. Peacemaking. Loyalty. She needs to know that you're committed to her. You're committed to her and her alone. That she is your be-all, end-all. And you're not going anywhere. Esteem. She wants you to cherish her and to love her and to honor her. It is important to your wife that she knows that you value her above anybody else on this planet. That you, should, you think she's the coolest thing that ever walked the face of the earth and the most important thing that ever walked the face of the earth. She wants you to esteem her. We have to honor, serve, and cherish our wives in order for this amazing combo to be all it can be. <coughs> now, wives, I want to check out the role that you play in this butterflies and bees winning combo. Ephesians 5, 24 in, in the message says this. This is really great. I love the way the message paraphrase says this. Wives, understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. Ultimately, when you're honoring your husband, you're honoring Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way that Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. I want to give you an important piece of information. And wives, this is going to come as a shock to you. So brace yourself, maybe grab the pew next to you. But your husband is not perfect. I know. Let it sink in for just your husband is not perfect. And so there are going to be times where your husband messes up and you still have to extend yourself and offer respect and love and care for him as this beautiful puzzle comes together that is your relationship. You're the guardian of your husband's heart. And just as husbands might be stronger physically than their wives, wives have so much vision and so much wisdom when it comes to taking care of their husband's heart. And he needs you to support him and to love him. He needs to know that he has all of your respect and all of your love directed towards him. <coughs> so often, my, my wife can read my heart better than I even can read my own heart. And when she does it in a loving and respectful and honoring way, my heart is turned even more towards her. But, but guys can't really hear that unless they're approached in a non-threatening way. And so here is an acronym that, that can help wives as they seek to submit and honor their husbands. <clears throat> and this is from love and respect as well. And it's chair. Conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, and relationship. Conquest. Every man inherently has a desire to work and to achieve. We talked about this last night. A man's work is so important to him. His job is so important to him. And so it's important that you appreciate that and you acknowledge his desire to provide for your family. Hierarchy. Appreciate his desire to protect and provide. It is so important for a man to feel like he is protecting his family and providing for his family, not just monetarily, but physically as well. And so, wives, one of the ways that you can most make your husband feel honored is by pointing out, honey, I appreciate that you want to protect us. I appreciate you, and I thank, I'm so thankful that you want to protect our family. 
not just monetarily, but in, in every way. Authority. <coughs> Appreciate his desire to serve and to lead. Recognize when your husband is serving you and acknowledge it. And recognize those moments where he steps up to lead. I think Christy talked about this in her breakout today for the ladies. Let your husband lead and let him win at leading. Insight. Appreciate his desire to analyze and to counsel. Your husband wants to feel part of the equation when you're thinking through things as a couple. And he wants to have his counsel heard. So give him those opportunities. Relationship. Appreciate your husband's desire for shoulder-to-shoulder friendship. It is important that a man feels companionship with you. You know, that, that, that feeling you had when you were dating, part of the reason your husband really fell in love with you was because of that companionship that you had. And so continue to cultivate that. Your husband desires that. This, these are the ways that you can show honor and respect and submit to your husband. And I guarantee you as you do this, you're going to see his heart turn more and toward, more towards you with every step that you take. <clears throat> and sometimes it might feel like you're spinning your wheels and it might feel like you're not getting any traction in actuality, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's not our job to produce the results. It's God's job. We talked about this morning, let God do his part. Let God be God. One of the, the most freeing things in life, in any category of life, is to understand you're not responsible for the results. God is. You're responsible for your choices and your actions, and then God is responsible for the results. And that takes all the pressure off. When you stop thinking that the way that the world revolves around you and it revolves around the decisions that you're making, you understand that there's freedom there. You start walking in freedom and less pressure and you don't put all this undue stress on yourself because you know it's God's job to produce results. And I'll tell you, God will always do his part. Said it this morning, God is really, really great at being God. He's really fantastic at it. And what's amazing is that, that God does it when we both start doing our parts, things start to work and to click. Again, we do the natural, God does the supernatural. Same thing we've been saying. Um, love and respect uses this really neat analogy to, to, to kind of expound on, on this, this idea here, um, that this butterflies and bees, this winning combo. They talk about blue goggles and pink goggles. And, you know, the, the idea is that men are, are walking around, they're viewing the, girl, the, the world through men's uh, goggles, through those blue goggles, and they see everything the way a man sees it. And it's so different than a woman, and she's seeing the world through pink goggles, and everything is seen through the way that she sees it. And so they are butting heads all the time, and, and they're not seeing the giftings that are in each of them. And so their marriage is not clicking like it should. But if they can learn to come together and both put on the, the, the combo goggles, the purple goggles, blue and pink make purple. And so you put on these goggles, you start seeing things the same. You get on the same page, and then you start seeing what God can do through your marriage, and it's amazing. You see how this love and this respect balance plays together. And here's, here's the really cool thing. What takes years and a whole lot of struggle in our own power and the things that we think might actually never happen for us coming together as a couple, and the things that we think we can never see eye to eye on, God has the ability to change that in a moment's notice. 
And God can take our mindset and he can take the way that we view the world and get us on the same page. If we'll move and do our part, he's going to do his part. Amen? Here's a, bit, here's a bit of truth as we're kind of wrapping up tonight. For, for, especially for those of us who are fixers. This is really good. I want you to hear this. My best efforts can't equal God's slightest move. My best efforts can't equal God's slightest move. So I want to tell you, stop trying in your own power to fix everything. Stop trying to, in your own power. I hope you've heard in your breakouts. I hope you've heard through their main sessions tonight, to today and yesterday, and you're going to hear it more Sunday, that your own power can't fix stuff. You submit and you get in line and you do your part, and God's power is what transforms situations. God's power is what transforms marriages. You've heard a lot of great information, and hopefully you've gotten some things that you can take home with you this weekend, and hopefully you've gotten some things that you're going to apply. But at the end of the day, you do that stuff, and then God moves, and God does his part, and that's when stuff gets really, really fun. God has the ability to transform hearts at a moment's notice. He has the ability to work in people in ways that we could never imagine, and he always has our best in mind. We sang it this morning, and it was really, really neat. Like, we didn't do a whole bunch of, of planning necessarily or sit down and go, oh, let's plan a list that works perfectly with our marriage conference. But it was so cool. We sang this morning a song called Good, Good Father. And it's so great that as a couple, we have a father who has our best interests in mind. And we can trust him completely to guide us and to lead us in marriage. God is a good father and he expects the best. He, he, he gives us the very, very best. And we just gotta take it, we have to trust him. He has our best in mind and he will see us through. And what we have to do is make sure that our hearts are in the right place individually first. We can't fix our spouses, but we can fix ourselves by submitting to God personally. And that brings me to the last thing that I want us to, to jot down tonight, and it's this. If we want the best, we have to pursue. Everybody say pursue. We have to pursue. We started the conference off this way, talking about how it was a fight, talking about how we need to grind it out, not gripe, but, but to grunt. A great walk with Christ first, and then a great marriage is all about pursuit. Never, ever stop pursuing your spouse, ever, till the day that you die. Don't stop pursuing your spouse. Always have that mindset and that mentality that I'm going to date my spouse the whole time that we're together, till death do us part. I'm going to pursue my spouse, and I'm also going to, going to pursue right relationship with God. Because here's the deal. One of the core things that I remember us walking through is the moment that I realized my relationship wasn't, wasn't right with the Lord. And that's why all this bad stuff that we had to walk through happened is ultimately because my heart wasn't in the right place. I wasn't pursuing God like I should have. And I was in full-time ministry, the whole deal. I don't care what walk of life you're in. You have to individually pursue right relationship with God. And that looks like simple stuff that you hear pastors say all the time. You're going to hear Pastor Paul say it on a regular basis. But it's core truth. you got to be in the Word. In order to know who God is, in order to know what God expects for you as a husband or you as a wife, you have to read His Word. 
you got to know what he says about it. You have to pursue him. You have to know him. And so there is nothing more foundational as a couple than pursuing God individually and then together. If your relationships individually with God aren't right, if you're not pursuing God individually, there's no way we can expect some big miraculous thing to happen as a couple. We have to pursue God individually and then together as a couple. Marriage is a long-haul thing. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We're in it for the long haul. We've got to grind and work and be diligent and be humble when we mess up. We've got to get back up. And Joe McGee says this all the time. I love it. God's people are not perfect people. They're the getting back up people. God's people are the getting back up people. And, and guys, we've got people in this room right now that have an opportunity to get back up. This weekend has been that. It's been this opportunity. We have this choice to make right now as we wrap up on Saturday night. We've got one more session tomorrow. We have an opportunity to decide, are we going to be getting back up people in our marriages? Are we going to be people who pursue and push? Is that who we're going to be? Because God has called us to excellence in our marriages. And God has designed our marriages to be a winning combination. So I want to ask you, as we're wrapping up and we're, we're coming to a close tonight, I want to ask you, what will you do with everything you've heard this weekend? What is it that you're going to do about the things that you've learned, about the things that you've heard, maybe the things that you had conversations about? Because it's not enough just to hear it. And we read this and we hear this in God's word. God doesn't just desire us to be hearers of his word, but to be doers also. And I want to take that a step further in our marriages. You know, I don't think our spouse wants us this to hear great information on marriages, but I think they'd love it if we did it, if we walked it out. Amen.